Welcome to Hear Me Out, My Story, Podcast. A podcast about being gay and of a certain age. Each week, we deliver the best stories of gay life after 50. Now here's your host, Dean Kroll. Hi everyone. Welcome to this episode of Hear Me Out, My Story. This episode is is about making amends and what that means and what do you do? Um, so after, well, actually when I was still with my ex, um, because he's an alcoholic and he was on several drugs at the time, uh, a woman I worked with had recommended that I seek out a chapter of Al-Anon, which is the component of Alcoholics Anonymous for the person who lives with the alcoholic or who has lived with an alcoholic. And it it is very much a 12-step a program like AA. And of course you go through, you know, you make a list, you make an inventory of everybody that you've wronged and um, part of that is making amends. And so, you know, over these last four years, I've had a chance to do that. I've had a, I, I know that it's more than an apology, making amends. Like if you've damaged property, you should pay for it. Um, but the two that I did, I'm calling them making amends. I did apologize to those two people, um, for things I did in the past. And one of them forgave me and one of them said nothing. And I haven't heard from that person since. So that's uh, something that could happen. But I want to tell you a story about um, a situation that occurred many years ago. And I'm I'm wondering if this is a situation where I need to make amends. It feels like I do. Um, but we'll get to that at the end of the story. So um, I guess for this story, um, I should let you know that I have six million emotions. And I can feel most of them at once. <laughs> but um, in this situation, I'm wondering, is being young and naive or young and stupid an excuse for for acting a certain way uh or or doing a certain something that you feel like you've wronged somebody i i, I don't know um but here's the story um during my who i thought was my best friend I felt like he was. We went to two, two different state colleges and he made a lot of friends at his school and, you know, as expected, I did too. Um, and one of his friends who happened to be gay uh, came out to him and told him that he loved him. So... Um, then my friend completely shut out his friend at college. Um, I think he was, they were, they were live. there was, you know, a bunch of them living in a house. I think he was asked to leave the house. Um, he, they broke off all contact with him and um, he was just shut out completely. 
Um, and of course, here I am, you know, thinking all kinds of things. I, I didn't really, at the time, I didn't really identify as being gay, but I could relate to this person, like how somebody, how you feel and you want to share that with somebody and you think you can trust somebody and then the way they react is not at all what you expected. So I did try once or twice to talk to my friend about the situation. I thought maybe I could try to explain things a little better. Um, maybe I could try to imagine how, how that first person felt when he got shut out. Um, but my friend told me he, he, um, he shut that down, shut that down fast. Uh, he did not want to talk about it. You know, so I let that go. I never brought it up again. I knew it was a lost cause. So, um, after that, I spent time thinking I could never say anything about myself, uh, for fear of him being angry, um, and, um, and hating me. I, I just couldn't, I could not have the thought, I couldn't stand the thought of him hating me. Um, so I got involved with things at college and work, uh, you know, and as 10, as things tend to happen, time moves on. Um, so near the end of, near, near the end of things, his family, near the end of things, I'm saying as near the end of our sort of relationship, our friendship, his family was building a new house, not too far from where they lived. And I was over a few, few times to see, you know, the house while they were building. I, I saw the foundation and the bricks and things. Um, but I never... I never went inside the house when it was finished. So there was a time, that's the only way I could put some time to this is that I was there during the build, but never saw it finished. And um, I will admit I drove past, you know, I would drive past a few times every now and then um, on a weekend to see if his car was there. I thought maybe I could get the courage to stop Maybe I could get the courage to say something, but um, I guess either he was never there or I never had the courage. Probably a little bit of both. So the very last time that I can remember seeing my friend and, and spoke to him, uh, he was at his family's garage, which was in another little town. Um, and I don't remember why I went there. Um, I must have, I must have called and his mom said he was down there. So, um, I can't remember what I said. I can't remember what we talked about, but I do recall it being tense. He was doing some type of, maybe it was yard work and he was loading equipment back into the truck and we talked, we had a few words, but he didn't look at me. Um, so I, I, it was just tense and I don't know what was going on. So of course, all 6 million of my emotions were going on at once. Um, and so after that cold reception, um, I just decided to disconnect. 
fully. I rather lose contact with my friend than having him hate me and losing contact. So that's what I did. I, I just, I just stopped all communication. I never called. I never went by. I never wrote nothing. I, I, it was less painful than the alternative. So, um, <laughs> this is probably where I get a little maybe maudlin or I don't know, emotional again, but right now, today, my heart aches for that young fool <laughs> with all the emotions uh, growing up in a time and place where he was unable to be himself, where he could not express himself for fear of retaliation or much worse. Um, I was just out of college, I think, and had moved to the city when Matthew Shepard was killed. So, you know, that was still always there. Um, and where he could not love and be loved. And where he only had pain and confusion. Where he could not share his true self with his best friend. I, I just, it's... It's so painful. I, um, I wish I could change that for him. But of course, you know, looking back, we all, we all know hindsight. So, um, so this brings me to the point of making amends. Um, do I try to make amends for, um, cutting off all contact? Would he even care or listen? And really, what do I expect? I know it's not a fairy tale. I know there's, I know there's not going to be some sort of, God forbid, Hallmark movie. I hate those things. But, um, you know, there's not going to be this grand reconciliation of, you know, friendship and things change. I, I, um, I don't know what I expect, and I think I need to spend some time, more time on that. Um, and maybe I shouldn't expect anything from that. Maybe I should just um, try to make amends for, you know, doing that. I don't know if that's something that you should make amends for. I kind of feel like I need to explain why I stopped all communication. Um, you know, but on the flip side... I know this, somebody's going to say this and it's true, but on the flip side, he's never reached out to me either to find out um, what happened, how I was doing, you know, what's been going on. I know we have similar contacts on social media. Um, I don't, I've not heard from any of our mutual friends that he's asked about me. So... You know, maybe I should just leave it alone. But um, how would you make amends for something like that? Um, you know, it's more, like I said, it's more than just apologizing. You know, it's more than saying, I'm sorry. You know, I was a dick or I was an asshole. But what do you do? Um, I know it has to start with words, but what sort of thing could you do that would make this sort of an amends. I was thinking maybe, um, 
I mean, do you make a public announcement? Uh, you know, hi, everyone. I treated so-and-so badly. I was a dick. Um, and I did. I treated him unfairly. I completely treated him unfairly out of fear of something he might do. I really had no idea if he would treat me the same as that other person. It was just speculation on my part. Um, but I did have other experiences at the time that kind of went along with that particular experience. Although, again, I knew this person a lot longer than the person in college. So maybe it could have been different or would have been different. I never would have said to this to my friend that I loved him. I would have told him how I felt about myself, how I, how I thought I might be gay. And, um, I would just want to share that with somebody, how I felt instead of trying to internalize everything and, um, you know, trying to get through it on my own. Um, and I say love, I mean, you know, the, the version of love, the erotic sexual love. I, I'm writing another episode for um, those clever Greeks have about six words for love. So um, in this in this case, I'm talking about the the friend love, the brotherly love, the I think it's Philae, it's where Philadelphia gets its name, brotherly love. Um, you know, love of a friend. And maybe I was wrong. Maybe he never felt the same for me as a friend. Um, I don't know. And I may never know. And I have to make peace with that. I have to make peace with knowing that if I do see him, at an event, it may just be, hi, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Okay. Moving on. You know, it could be just as simple as that. And I'd have to let it go. I'd have to leave it there. Because um, certainly at, at, at a, you know, at a public event or something, you, you certainly don't want to get into anything like this. But what would you say? Hey, can we talk, you know, next week? Um, here's my number. Can I call you? You know, I, it, it's just all, it's like you're back in, <laughs> you're back in middle school again, or high school, trying to ask somebody if you can call them. Um, you just become that stupid, naive, blithering idiot again, where you just stumble over your words and... And you have to stand there and you look at that person and say, hey, I need to talk to you about how I was a jerk. Or like I said, you just say, hi, how you doing? Good, thanks. Moving on. And, um, you know, of course, you don't want to start asking other people around, hey, you know, could you ask him if he's blah, blah, blah. It's like passing a note. Check the box. Do you like me? Yes, no, maybe. Um <laughs> yes, no, maybe. Um, <laughs> I remember those. Um, you know, because I was talking to, I was out 
recently with a friend from high school. I hadn't seen it, hadn't physically seen in 32 years, but we had communicated. Um, I went to lunch with him and his wife. And, you know, that's one of the things that I said is that I hurt for that person in high school because he never had the chance to live the life that he, you know, that, that this other, you know, I was telling him that he and his wife had in high school, you know, they were able to, you know, express themselves, how they, how they liked each other. They were able to hold hands. They were able to dance together. And one of the things that, I don't know if I mentioned this, this to him or not, but, you know, one of the things that was really kind of awful for, for him, for me, <laughs> was around holidays or, or, you know, certainly Valentine's Day. And I don't know if they did it at Christmas, but they would have these fundraisers where you could send a flower or a carnation or something, you know, to, you know, to someone anonymously pay a dollar and they'd send a flower to somebody. And I always, always, I always wanted one of those flowers. I wanted someone to send me a flower and... never happened not even any of my friends uh, you know the, the girls that I hung out with um, you know because everybody was so fixated on it being couples um, I never got a flower I'm so stupid I'm so stupid I don't know why that that's making me emotional but I do know why uh, also, I can recall sending my ex flowers three times to his different jobs for his birthday or for promotion or something, sending them, you know, a nice arrangement and everything. Not once, not once did he get me flowers or send me flowers. Um... And I know that sounds stupid that, you know, that that, but it's one of those things I think that that is an intimacy or that is a, a way of knowing somebody that, hey, I know what flower you like. And I send them, you know, I send you a bunch just to say, um, I'm thinking of you, how you're doing. I know you're going through a rough patch. Um, just thinking about you, that kind of thing. Um, and I think the first time that a friend gave me flowers was when I first, you know, moved into my own place. A friend, a friend was helping me uh, uh, move in some things. And he, I don't know where he was at an event. Um, he used to work uh, part-time catering, you know, serving at catering events. And he brought me a centerpiece from one of the events. <laughs> so it's the first time I got flowers. It was a used centerpiece, but I took it. It was white roses. I was like, give me that. <laughs> so, um, So where was I? Okay. Um, back to the amends part of this. Um, you know, I have to, I'm going to have to think about this. And, um, you know, if you're connected to me on, on social media and you want to message me, um, please do. If you want to post on the podcast page on Facebook, please do that. Um, I'm willing to talk about this. 
do I? Don't I? Do I have a reason to try to make amends? And if I do make amends, how? Like I said, what do I do? Take out a billboard? I'm sorry. I was an asshole. Please forgive me. Here's 20 bucks. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, I don't know. So uh, I think I've kind of gone on long enough here for this episode. So um, I think I'll wrap things up. And like I said, sorry for the um, hiatus. I was getting through the holidays and some other things were going on. So uh, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be talking and I'm glad to be writing. So I hope you'll listen and I hope uh, you get something out of this episode. Thanks, everyone. Bye.